Welcome to Chick Chat, the Baby Chick Podcast. I'm Nina Spears, the Baby Chick, your host, and we are excited to have Tara Miko Ballantyne joining us on our show today. Tara is on a mission to change the way we think about parenting. With a 25 plus year background in marketing, she is now focused on empowering parents to have those hard and outside the box conversations with their children. She started Bright Littles, a company that sells conversation tools to help in this mission. As parents, we're not always sure how to start or have conversations about difficult topics in today's world with our kids. From racism to gun violence and so many other complex topics, it is essential as parents to start the dialogue with our children at an early age before someone else has that conversation with them. Today, we will talk to Tara about how to begin the conversation age appropriately. So let's welcome Tara to learn more. Hi, Tara. We're so happy to have you on our podcast, Chick Chat. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to connect and chat all things baby mom and whatnot. Absolutely. And we have a really important topic to discuss with you, which I am definitely interested to dive in more. But before we do that, we'd love to learn a little bit more about you and your experience. Yeah, absolutely. I grew up many places. I actually went to about 20 different schools uh, before I graduated high school, which I think contributes to my love of like marketing and connecting with people and having conversations. However, I have had careers in the fashion industry as well as the health food industry. And Bright Littles, which we're going to talk about, is kind of my odd silver lining of the pandemic, but I'm a true marketer and serial entrepreneur. And I live in Austin, Texas with my husband and my seven-year-old daughter. Yeah, that's a little bit about us. Well, that's so cool. Well, we're in Houston, Texas, so we are neighbors essentially. And I went to the University of Texas at Austin, so that just has a warm place in my heart. How cool. And and Tara, it, you know, it's often said we live in a crazy world as you kind of mentioned the pandemic. That was one part of it. As a parent watching the news and navigating our world with, you know, our precious and innocent children in mind can feel overwhelming and disheartening. How do you begin to approach some of these conversations with your child? I think sometimes you have to go backwards to go forward. And we're parenting or I'm parenting, you know, there's, there's so much of the way that our parents parented us that, you know, you're kind of drawing from those experiences and then applying them and figuring out your own style. And within that, I would say that most of us grew up in a world where we were protected like, let's not talk about these things. And I can't say that I was the most prepared for certain circumstances because we weren't talking about them at our house. And so I changed that. And I think the world has changed. And for me, I, I want to go beyond protecting her. And I want to prepare her so that she can protect herself. Because at the end of the day, the world has changed and there are there are parenting moments that did not exist in our parents' world, whether it's the pandemic, whether it's, you know, I was growing up with earthquake drills, not school shooting. Like, and so we have to pivot, for lack of a better word, pivot and parent, pivot and parent. So I am a big believer in preparing my daughter for the real world she lives in, so much so that I couldn't find 
the products that I needed to do so. And so like a true mom, I rolled up my sleeves and, and my entrepreneur hat came out. And that's how I created Bright Littles. It is my love note to my daughter to help prepare her to be the bright leader that I know that she and every other child has the potential to be if we were, if we just prepare them. Yeah, absolutely. At what age do you think it's appropriate to begin having these, you know, tough conversations? You're saying you're wanting to talk and be open with your daughter and preparing her for the world. When is the right age to do that? When is it appropriate? That's a big, (laughs) that's a big question with some layers of answers. But ultimately, I don't, I think that it should be a part of your dialogue, whether it's talking about your body. You, you have that conversation when you go to the doctor. And our pediatrician talks to my daughter ever since she was itty-bitty about who can touch her body. So, you know, there, it's already started in our pediatrician's office. And so, like, for example, on that one, am I continuing to support that conversation? Or are we just having it once a year? At the end of the day, our kids are absorbing information, whether we want them to or, or not, and we don't necessarily know what it, what, what it is because they interact with the outside world. They are going to go to preschool. They are going to go to school. My daughter's in class with children that have older siblings. So she's she's learned about some horror movies recently. And so that was a conversation that even though sometimes things aren't happening in your house, it doesn't mean they're not experiencing them. And little ears are everywhere. And so even though you have the TV on, they're just picking up so much. And so I think having a conversation and and opening that platform of what are your questions? What are you curious about? It's good to start these conversations early and create the skill set of having these conversations because it is a skill to learn how to communicate and to talk and to feel comfortable to share. Absolutely. And you answered my question. I was going to ask like, you know, earlier, should parents be proactive in starting these conversations with their children? So you're saying yes. Now I'm wanting to know how. I think that some parents feel a little intimidated or they don't want to say the wrong thing or they're scared about the conversation and where how it's going to turn. So yeah, how can we start having these conversations? So to go back quickly on the age-appropriate situation, I do think that there's little, as as they become older, the the information that they receive and the conversation that you can have with them can become more in-depth just because A, they have the ability to have a bigger conversation. So for example, with school shootings, it's not a conversation with my seven-year-old that I was bringing up. However, I had prepared myself for potential questions that she was going to have because her teacher was feeling high emotion after Uvalde. Again, she's in a classroom with kids that have older siblings. And so, you know, there are age-appropriate conversations that need to start at a, an older age, but I still got to be ready for it because even though she might not be age appropriate, it doesn't mean she hasn't heard something or hasn't received something. And so how do you have those big conversations? And I think for me, it's about being honest about what they're asking. And so returning the question, that's a great question. Why did you ask that? And gathering some facts from your child about where that question was rooted. A good example of this was last year, a child in her class was going through divorce and she asked if we were getting divorced. And I was like, where did, where did you 
where is this coming from? Great question. And then I was able to gather some information. We have to be detectives and, and, and find out where the question's coming from. And I was able to talk to her about it. And I leaned into it and I gave her a great example of divorce being positive. My parents are divorced and she has multiple grandparents because of it. And that's a prime example of how she has more people in her life to love her. And so on the flip side, what if they ask something and you're just like, oh my God, I'm not ready for this. You can say, that's a great question. I don't have the answer. Let me get back to you. I want to be honest, but I want to be honest if I don't have the answer. And I think it's really good for kids to see that you don't have all the answers. You're not afraid and you're going to find them because curiosity, that's how we learn. We have to go searching. We have to go looking. And I'm 46. I don't have all the answers. I'm still learning. Aren't we all? I mean, <laughs> at, at every age and stage, we're all learning. But I like how you're saying kind of be detectives first. Get curious about why they're bringing these questions up before you start diving into it. That's really helpful. And I feel like there can be a fine line between educating and scaring our children. How can we make some of these big and kind of scary topics appropriate for young children? Well, that's a really, really great question. And it's important that we understand that. So how can I talk to my child about fire safety without them being terrified that the house is going to burn down? So we need to talk about it. We need to have a plan. I think that I know that it's so important that as much as we're talking about this information, we need to have action with it. My daughter does really well when she has a job. So we can talk about, and we have talked about our family's fire safety plan and what we're going to do as a family and what her job is in that, where she's going to go. Kids, they need to have a job. They need to feel something. Otherwise, you're just giving them this like big plate of information with no fork. They've got to have some tools. They've got to have some action to talk about it. You know, kids are super fidgety. They need to have within the conversation some action, some stuff to do around it. So why dinner conversation is is so fruitful is because we're we're talking and we're doing and it's flowing and it's dinner. And that's where with our conversation journals, they're all interactive. So even though we're talking about these really, really big topics, they're earning badges and doing activities and games and filling out the journals. So while we're talking about this important stuff that we have to talk about with them, we're giving them something to do within it. They have a, a role. They have a job. Right, right. And that's so true, giving them something to feel that they have a part of making the situation better or feeling like they're a part of the family, like you're saying, when it comes to fire safety or even when we were talking about school shootings, like how to handle that situation. And, and even though it can be scary, giving them some actionable items is such, a, is such a great tip. You talk about finding the opportunities to have these tough talks with our kids. Tara, can you elaborate on this and give our listeners like some tips on how to find those opportunities? So they exist. <laughs> it's just kind of relooking at them. And so, you know, a dinner table is a great opportunity to have conversations. That's where the conversation cards came from that we have. 
you know, on the way to school, I keep our conversations on the card in the car and we sometimes just pull one card. That's it. And that, that question can lead to all kinds of things. And I let her like free flow where she wants to go with it. But you know, we're in the car for 10, 15 minutes at the grocery store, you're standing in line and that's an opportunity to engage and ask, who did you play with today? You know, just ask a question. Sometimes they're in the mood to talk about it and sometimes they're not. But those are those little minutes. And sometimes it's two minutes. Sometimes it's 10 minutes. I think that we get caught up on these like really in-depth connect conversations. And a connective conversation with a child can literally be two or three minutes. It doesn't have to be this big, giant block of time that you're trying to carve out on your calendar. The little gifts are actually throughout your day. You're already with them. And it's just seeing those times, those little spaces a little bit differently. Yeah. And actually, that's such a great piece of advice because, yeah, one, also our children, they have a shorter attention span. So they're taking in that information like only in snippets anyway. Yeah, exactly. But particularly when talking about, you know, this whole topic of tough conversations, I also like how with what you're saying, it's kind of, let's just break it up into little things. And when you see the opportunity to point something out that might relate to, you know, a topic that they had asked about earlier, then you can just bring it up in little kind of bite-sized moments that are still teachable, short information that they can take in and learn rather than having this whole sit-down conversation about fire safety or whatever it is, because after a while, they're probably like, mom, okay, okay, I know. But I I like that tip that's so helpful to just find those moments when you see it available to bring that helpful tip, especially if it just like makes sense. Maybe not bringing up school shooting in like the line of the grocery store is probably not like the best moment, but you know. (laughs) All conversations don't have to be like these huge conversations. You know, it is, it is, when you break it all completely down, it's about just kind of connecting with our kids and being present in a world that is, you know, so much social media and it's so easy to be distracted. But I also find that when the pandemic happened and I was trying to meet my daughter where she was and have conversations and I wanted to talk to her about stuff, I admittedly, I did not know how and I didn't know what to say. And I love books so much, but I felt like I was buying these books that our conversation and our connection with our kids can be very like one way a lot. And it's put your shoes on, we're running late, get in the car, brush your teeth. And then I was also reading books to her at night, which I love, but it's still one way. And what we were lacking is this like connection about, let's talk about all these things that have happened during our day. And sometimes and we've all experienced it, you know, when, when mom or dad asked how our day was, you get that like single, fine, nothing. And I needed a vehicle. I needed something that created like a mediator between us. Even at six, seven years old, it was like, how can I spice this up? So it's not me asking the questions. And so that's, where I first started was with the conversation cards is that she would pick a card. I, I made the conversation a little bit of a game and she had an action within it. She was pulling the card. I didn't ask the question. It happened to be there. And I found that the cards really helped start it. 
and she asked for it. She would say, can we play the conversation game at dinner instead of other things, which I was like, so proud. But, you know, even as, you know, in our, in our partnerships and our marriages, like we, we, it's, it's good to have kind of this like mediator, this middle thing and kids can be the same. And so I was trying to figure out how to make an interactive game and make the conversation a lot more two way. And it's grown with her. She was four when the pandemic started. She's seven. So when I decided to start the company, it's 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 aged with her. And so we're asking the same questions, but her answers have changed and they've blossomed. And she's much more open to having these larger conversations and they've grown with her. Our products personally are for ages four and up. And, you know, the conversation at four is very different than the conversation at seven. The point is, we're having an ongoing dialogue and conversation. She's seven. She likes me right now. And it's really important to me that I give her these foundational tools with with the products that we create around mental health, around how to speak up and be a role model, how to protect herself so that when she's 17 and 18 and I'm I'm not going to be her primary source of information. She's probably going to go to her friends. She's going to be really influenced by social media. I hope that I have started these conversations early enough. So it's it's who she is as a person. So when she's older, I've done my best to give her the preparation that she's going to need for this really big world our kids are growing up in. Absolutely. I, I love that. And, and, and that's such a cool tool to be able to get, because conversation is everything. You want your kids to be comfortable to come to you and talk to you about anything as they get older. And doing the work now when they're little is how you blossom to that type of relationship when they get older. So that's so cool about your conversation starter cards. Like, How did you decide on those five topics, the diversity, safety, health, self, and nature? With the original product, the conversation cards, (laughs) I went to a lot of different news platforms and I wrote everything down that scared the crap out of you, out of me. (laughs) And I was like, okay, how do I, how do I take these topics? These are the, you know, the stuff that scares me. How do I start talking about these? And that, that's how the, that's how it started was if she was to overhear these items where am I on these? And some of these were about talking to my husband about like, how, how do we want to parent this? How do we want to approach this? Which is a good point of letting your kids know sometimes with these questions of, let me get back to you. Because sometimes, I, you know, we're a partnership, my husband and I, like, let's, let's, where are we on this? He's from Australia. I'm from the United States. We grew up very differently. How do we want to parent this? So yeah, I wrote down everything that scared me. And that's how this started. And I want to preface by saying, I'm a parent. I'm not a doctor. I am not an educator. And I 100% know that. And I sought out a team to help me create Bright Littles. And I have on staff, I work with a learning scientist and a educational engineer. And they have PhDs in education and SEL, social emotional learning. And together, We are creating these tools and these resources to help parents have hard conversations with their little ones. And 
you know, from the combo cards, we created these interactive, engaging journals around feelings, which is all about mental health, leaders, which is we want them to be leaders. How do they speak up? But how do they listen? This is about being a good person. What does kindness look like? What does empathy and initiative look like? And then our safety journal is helping your family talk about safety, fire. What happens if you find a gun? How do you ask if there's a gun on a play date? Our journals actually are as much for the parent as they are for the children. And every step of the way, we have call outs to help prompt. This is an opportunity to share a moment when you felt scared. This is how you would ask if there's a gun on a play date. Again, I'm not asking your politics, but I'm ask, but I'm giving you the resource of let's ask this question. And what if they say yes? So we help you with how to kind of parent in these rough moments. Because like I said, I want to have these conversations. I don't know where to start. So I created the product that I felt like I needed. And I got some help from some amazing experts that are also moms to, to birth this. This is my second baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I, I love that. And thank you for sharing, you know, the inside look of, of, you know, your story with, with your second baby. And you've said a couple of times, like, you know, as parents, we sometimes don't have the answers, but we have to be brave enough to ask the questions. And I'd love to hear more of your thoughts on that, being brave enough to ask the questions. So I say it's a different version of that. I say it's we really need to get comfortable with the uncomfortable. I can't I can't I can't change the world, but I can prepare her. And so, you know, part of her preparation has been more about me. <laughs> Our kids are ready. Sometimes we're the problem. We feel uncomfortable having these conversations. And I've had to kind of break down some of some of my my hesitations, you know, what is it that scares me about it? And as much as, you know, we're trying to parent, we're also trying to learn. And it's an extraordinary moment in the world where parenting is is really kind of changing. And we have to, I don't know about you, but I... How do I explain this? I feel like we are carrying carrying more of a parental load than we ever have been before. The pandemic has has really put parents, working parents, we're all on the front line and that we have to do this together. We have to support the conversation at home as much as we are, are doing so at school. And, you know, there's certain things that I've had to get comfortable with. My body issues. I'm 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 raising a little girl, and my conversation in my head, and the things that I say out loud, they are learning from us. And we as parents are. I'm my daughter's biggest role model. Am I being a role model? How am I talking about my body? Am I doing my affirmations? My daughter literally makes me a better person because, like, she puts me in check. I hear her say things and I'm like, oh my gosh, you heard me say that. They're just, they're sponges. So I've had to get comfortable with some things that, you know, we all have baggage that we have to unpack around our body or how I feel about myself. Am I, am I practicing what I preach? You know, am I eating healthy? You know, like how am I handling my mental health? How can I be healthy for her if I'm not being healthy for me? So it's full circle. 
Absolutely. Oh, it's so true. But I do want to say, Tara, from what you've been sharing, it's obvious that you're already encouraging your daughter to ask tough questions. And I know that there are, there are parents out there saying, well, my, you know, I ha- my children aren't bringing up these kind of things to me. Maybe it's because we haven't given them the opportunity to feel comfortable asking those kind of questions, or I don't know. So how can we, as parents, empower our children to ask hard questions and talk to us about difficult and scary and uncomfortable topics? Well... I I mean, I feel like everything around you is a little bit of an opportunity to start a conversation. So you can start a conversation while you're preparing food. We talk about this is a woe food and this is a go food. So she's sitting there anyways, and I'm preparing food and I'm talking about how this is a protein and this, you know, I'm talking about health, but hey, did you know that this is going to help you in gymnastics later? You know, I'm, I'm giving her a little bit more information and I'm having conversation around selecting food. In Austin, we have a lot of like amazing food trucks and small businesses. And I talked to her about why we choose to go to those, that if we don't support them, they're not going to stay in business. And, and it's so important that our dollar is a vote. We vote for farmer's market. It's one of our, our really, it's one of our things that we look forward to every Saturday morning. Again, it's an opportunity for a conversation. I explained to her that we are going down there to support these farmers and we could go and put this at a big box grocery store or we could make a choice this Saturday morning and get up and have an experience and meet some of our farmers and literally like these eggs were hatched today. How cool is that? And then there are products, you know, whether it's mine or someone else's, you can choose a book to start a conversation. Perhaps you want to talk about conserving in your house. You're really struggling with your child turning off the lights. Buy a book about, you know, climate change and energy and then read it and then talk about it. How could we apply that to our home? See what they come up with. So there's these opportunities and and without you even going and buying anything, I bet your shelf is full of unhad conversations. That's so true. To answer the other side of it is I do think it is a little bit of a skill set. I don't know about you, but I was, you know, I went to debate club. I had to kind of learn how to talk and to listen, to repeat a question, make sure I'm understanding something, to make eye contact. Those are, you have to learn those. And that was, you know, again, I'm bringing back to Bright Littles, but it's why I wanted to create the leader's book. That is a foundation that I want my daughter to have, which is about how to speak and use your voice, but how to listen, how to be a role model. One of my favorite parenting moments is talking to my daughter about my own life. I mentioned it earlier about divorce. I talked to her about how you know, I was scared one time in first grade when I didn't know a word when I was reading and how divorce was actually a really lovely thing for me. I received a bigger family and more people to love me. And I'm able to teach and converse with her by by sharing a little bit about who I am as a person and things that I've gone through, happy and sad. And those are, again, the tough conversations to have, but not be so scary, which is, I think, the perfect way to like walk that fine line. So that's, that's so helpful, Tara. And what is just one thing that you want our listeners to know about the importance of having tough conversations with our children? Oh, one important thing to know is we're going to make mistakes. 
there's no perfect rule book or answer for being a parent. And that is one of the most beautiful gifts that we can give our children is that we make mistakes and that is okay. It is how we learn. Mommy is also going to make mistakes. I've gotten really angry at her and I've yelled at her and I have had to take a breath and come back and I've apologized to her and I explained to her how mommy was feeling so overwhelmed and my body, you know, I acted before I thought we're going to make mistakes and that's okay. If we can be okay with that, there's a lot of magic in that. And it's where we can be brave enough to to kind of go a little bit further and a little bit further if we're willing to make mistakes. That's that's where that magic is, I I, I think, in parenting and growing up. So that's make mistakes. It's okay. And and that our children will forgive us as you know, if we come to them admitting that we made a mistake, they're just so wonderful. They they love you and and will forgive you and and you're teaching them that it that that it's okay to make mistakes. So I love Absolutely. that. Absolutely. I love that. And Tara, any additional resources that you recommend to help guide parents about this topic? Yeah, you know what? <laughs> this is a little bit of a new space. And so it's something that retailers are starting to lean towards. Um, and they're starting to make space on the shelves. But like I said, it, you know, I feel like a little bit of a pioneer in, in creating these products. But Sesame Street is one of the, you know, old school. They've been having these conversations for a really long time and continue to be on the forefront of diversity and social emotional learning. And so, you know, I think Sesame Street is a great place for especially the itty bitties, you know, learning about people, whether, you know, I think in our shelves, we love Rebel Girls. We're taught, we're learning about persons that have open doors so that life is different for us, whether it's about voting or... So there's a lot of products out there, a lot of books mainly that are starting to come out that are a little bit more mainstream. I think that your local bookstore can be probably one of the most progressive places to find small authors and moms like me out there creating small business products. A lot of times the big box retailers can be a little bit slower to pick up the little guys. And then, you know, connect. Like we we are social people. And I like to talk to other moms and parents and dads about things that are working for them. I am learning and asking questions and advice of the people that are, are around me. And then, you know, therapy. I, I, I'm a firm believer in going to therapy. We do therapy with my daughter. The pandemic was extremely hard for her. And she has struggled with separation anxiety. And that's bigger than me. And so we've gone and we have an amazing family therapist that we see together on Zoom as a family together. And I've already given her the gift that you don't, you're not going to have all the answers all the time. And sometimes we have to ask for them. So there's a lot of places and people that we can go and seek out advice and ask questions and, and learn and pivot parent, pivot parent. <laughs> so true. It's so true. Well, that was, that was some great resources. So we really appreciate that. And just any final thoughts or advice that you'd like to leave our listeners? Yeah, you know, parenting is this amazing opportunity and 
right now it's, it can be very heavy being a parent. And I think there's so much hope and joy right now in this future generation. We have the privilege to raise the next bright generation. And there's just, you know, as Mr. Rogers' mom always said, like, look for the hope. I have never before seen such amazing young scientists and activists and athletes using their voice that are 12, 15, 16 years old. Like, I think there's so much hope and promise in this generation that, you know, when we feel overwhelmed, like these kids are amazing. And I'm just so excited to watch them grow and thrive and become our future leaders. So we have a hand in this. We get to be a part of it. So beautiful and so true. Now, Tara, where can our listeners find you? Go to brightlittles.com. And we are at bright underscore littles on Instagram. And we do have a free SMS platform that we try to conquer current topics and talk about bright leaders that we're seeing rise in the community. And that's a free platform. It's really important to me that everybody has access to these conversations. And so the SMS is completely free and you can sign up for it. Yeah. So we're out there. Fantastic. Well, Tara, this was super informative and helpful. So we just thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it so much. And for our listeners to learn more about Tara and Bright Littles, you can visit her on her website, as she said, at brightlittles.com. Our team will be posting today's episode on our Baby Chick Facebook page. So if you have any questions, comments about our discussion, please share them with us in the comments section. And as always, if you haven't already, please subscribe to Chick Chat, the Baby Chick podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts and leave us an honest review. Cheers to conquering tough conversations with our kiddos.